0: Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to today's Pathogen Digital Insights webinar on RNA sequence analysis using PacBio and Illumina reads from a host pathogen interaction, which will be presented by Dr. Marta Matvienko. My name is Mary Ann. I'm the global campaign manager here at QDI, and I'll be the host and moderator for today's session. So as we go through the webinar, please use the question panel on the left side of the screen to send in any questions that you have. At the end of the webinar, we'll have time for a Q&A session. So I'd like to introduce our speaker for today, Dr. Marta Matvienko. Dr. Matvienko is a plant geneticist working um, on the development of California coffee cultivation. She manages the Fringe Coffee R&D site in Davis, California. Before joining Fringe, Marta worked for companies involved with genomics technologies, next-generation sequencing, and bioinformatics. The majority of her research projects focused on agronomically imported plant species. So thank you for joining us today, Marta, and I'll now hand the presentation over to you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, thank you, Marianne, yeah, and I would like to thank Cajun product development and marketing for the opportunity. As Marianne said, I work for Fringe Coffee and I run our research and development site in Davis. We are building California coffee industry from seedling to bin. And please check our website if you want to taste a California-grown coffee. Uh, the disclaimer slide, uh, the opinions are mine. Uh, seminar is sponsored by Kyogen, and these products are not for diagnostics. Uh, today I will cover RNA-seq analysis using long and short reads obtained from the samples of infected plant tissues. I will go, o- I will go over the RNA-seq analysis, and I will identify differentially expressed genes I will cover how to visualize the expression data using heat maps and Venn diagrams. I will extract differentially expressed genes directly from Venn diagrams. I will show how to navigate the expression results in RNA-seq mappings along with other types of genomic information. The biological system I'm going to use. So expression, this expression data uh, I'm going to use um, in this presentation, they come from uh, soybean leaves infected with, with Asian soybean rust. And the causal, uh, causal ag- agent of this infection is phocopserapachyrysium. Phahopser, so the RNA-seq data obtained, w- 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 which I'm using, they were obtained from two different instruments, from Pagbae and from Illumina at four different time points after infection, three days, seven days, 10 days, and 14 days. Uh, the NGS sequence files I'm using are coming from this publication by Elmora and co and they were published in 2020 in the Physiological and Molecular Plant Pathology. Uh, the data files available at the GenBank Short Read Archive, and the soybean genomic sequence are uh, available from GenBank, uh, while um, the pathogen genomic sequence is available at the GGI database, uh, microcosm, microcosm database, and can be downloaded from there. And I will show you all this, how to download and use this data in the workbench. The workflow I will cover. Uh, is uh, as presented in this slide. Uh, first, I will import um, host and pathogen genomes and annotations. And I will combine them into one synthetic reference. Then I will import a long and short reads uh, from the short read archive and import them directly to the workbench. And after running RNA-seq analysis and statistical tools, uh, I will find differential expressed genes. Um, I will use QC and visualization tools such as um, uh, PCA plots, heat maps, event diagrams, and all these tools. They help visualize and also extract particular data sets directly from the graphical interfaces. And lastly, when after extracting these differential expressed genes, I will um, show how to navigate in the mappings uh, and, uh, and look at the mappings of the differentially expressed genes along with annotation for these genes. So this is the workflow we are going through today. So the first, I will import the references, and I will combine them into one synthetic reference. So let's start from importing this reference, uh, combining them. Um, so, the phacopsia genomic reference, um, yeah, Let, let me f- maybe I should explain why I'm combining them. So, combining these genomes into one synthetic, refer- re- synthetic reference allows us to analyze the expression in both organisms at once. Thus, uh, I, we avoid having to run RNA-seq expression twice. We also avoid having to separate the plant and pathogen reads in the NGS data. So the FACOPs genomic reference is available at GGI um, and can be downloaded as GFF3 files uh, as an annotation and for for genome itself as a FASTA file all the context. And uh, I import them into the workbench using import tracks tool. And ending up with uh, four tracks here, Phacops' genome, and three tracks of annotations. There are actually more tracks, but three tracks are important for RNA-seq analysis: gene, mRNA, and uh, CDS. So, this reference now is, uh, is available in the gene bond, uh, in the tracks form. Uh, soybean genome is available in GeneBank, and because it's di- is, it's in GeneBank, i can download it directly uh, without importing uh using the search uh, search for uh sequences and cbi tool under the download menu under the download menu just selecting this option i search for um soybean reference select all 20 chromosomes and import them directly into the workbench is As a one file, as a standalone file with all them annotations, annotations uh, in the same file. So this is what is called standalone file. So, of course, to create genomic, uh, to create synthetic genomic reference, I need to combine soybean genome together with pathogen genome. And um, this can be done by using um, the menu under the file, File, New, Create Sequence List, Create a New Sequence List here. That's how this can be done. But before I can do that, I should explain uh, these different file formats, these references came in. And it's a kind of important, so bear with me here. Um, because in order to combine them i need to bring them all to the same file format so the soybean genome came as a standalone file and the pathogen genome consists of multiple tracks now in the genomics workbench so standalone standalone file contains multiple layers of genomic information genomic sequence itself as dna genomics dna sequence and all the layers of um, annotation um standalone files are treated um, uh, Standalone files basically uh, here are tracks, and uh, in each track we have just one layer of genomic information and to combine this um, to combine the sequences, I need to convert uh, my tracks for the pathogen genome into standalone file, so I can put them together and this can be done uh, using the tool from gen- in genomics workbench using um Convert from tracks tool, and here I can simply select all Fagocer tracks and end up with the same um, with the same standalone file for Fagocer as I have for Soybean. So it's now this genome is basically also a list of sequences, a list of annotated sequences. And now simply combining them, going to the option I already showed you file, new sequence uh, sequence list, I can combine these two genomes and end up with a synthetic reference which I will use for RNA-seq analysis. However, I have to go back because um, now, I have to separate this combined standalone synthetic genomic reference into tracks because for RNA-seq, I actually need to have tracks. So now I'm com- converting them back using Convert to track, Tracks tool, and I'm creating these tracks uh, of uh, genomic information, genomic sequence, and all the annotation layers using Convert to Tracks tool. So, um, so now I have. Um, uh, now I have all these tracks and I can start actual my RNA-seq analysis. Uh, but before that, of course, I need to import uh, import my reads from the short read archive. And um, uh, it can be done pretty easily because uh, uh, authors who publish this paper, they, um, they provided the numbers for the data they submitted to uh, short read archive. So I can go directly to download menu and search for sequences in short, short read archive, and I uh, select just using the project number, I can select all the sequence files, uh, all the RNA sec uh, files um, for this project, and there are two of them, and import them together with the metadata table into Workbench. So there are 32 sequence files and one metadata table. So in the metadata table, the most important columns I'm going to use for RNA seq analysis are instrument and development stage. Different instruments and technologies have different sensitivity in detection, uh, in detection of RNA seq expression, RNA expression, and uh, and I will compare and ind- identify genes. Uh, which are differentially expressed using different instruments. And that's uh, the that's data which I think is also important important to look at. So in the next stage, yeah, I'll just move into actual RNA-seq analysis step. And that is done by using two different tools, depending on the type of reads we are using. So, for to run RNAseq using Illumina file, I use RNAseq analysis tool under RNAseq and small RNA analysis folder. And uh, for um, analyzing or uh, counting um, expression f- from PacBio reads, uh, using PacBio reads, I use this tool RNAseq analysis for long reads under the long reads support folder. I will point some uh, options uh, which are important to select when we are running multiple multiple files um, uh, in RNAseq. So first of all, um, uh, the, uh for yes, first of all, um, yeah, So in our case, yeah. For each for each file, we we going to produce uh, its own RNAseq output. So ra- selecting multiple files and running this job in batch, make sure you selected the batch option here. Uh, Make sure we selected uh, all the right tracks for uh, genome and uh, annotation, right annotation tracks. And by default, this create reads track is not enabled, but uh, not enabled on the workbench, but I think it's important to have actual read tracks, and I always inspect them. So I recommend you check create read tracks, and of course check create report because it's a, it's a basically summary information uh, for the, for 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 each of the jobs. <clears throat> so after job is finished, uh, for each uh, for each of the thirty-two uh, NGS files um, with RNA seq data we will get four files. So one file um, will be counts per gene, GE extension, uh, counts, RNasea counts. Uh, another file is uh, counts per transcript, with extension TE here, or TE in brackets here. As uh, a mapping, RNasea accretes, this is a mapping file, and of course the report. And yeah, I kind of show visually them here. So in the report, you will have um, all the summary summary of mappings and summary of expression statistics, you will find the report and um, mapping tracks show where reads are mapped for per reference. And all the basic statistics you will find in the counts file, count in these two counts files. So before going into any detailed analysis, um, I like to run always uh, PCA plots and um, to visualize to visualize uh, how samples cluster and how they distribute in space so that's the next step to produce a PCA PCA plot uh, using all sorted 2 gene expression files so simply select all files it's not all shown here but it's actually sorted 2 files um uh, and and GE files, gene expression files, OTE files can be used. It's not a big difference what you use for this, uh, for this particular step. The tool is PCA for rnaseq and the default file output is PCA for rnaseq but you can change any of the file names. And um, here we see the PCA plot and it can be visualized in 2D on the left and 3D on the right. And for Illumina, we have four points because Illumina data were created from four different samples. Um, three days after an uh, is here in blue. Um, uh, seven days in cyan here. Yes, no, seven days in green here. Ten days in red. And 14 days in cyan here. So Illumina samples are uh, distributed like... Um, like on this line and PacBio samples clustered separately. So this is the first time we see actual big difference in how uh, how the data clustered between different machines. So they're very well separated. They're separated more by the instruments and by the developmental stage. So these are two data points from PacBio. So PacBio, it's just seven days and 10 days we see. And in these 2D plots, they are not very well separated, but uh, PAC bio samples, but PAC bio samples, actually when we are using um, PCA in three dimensional space and the third principal component becomes, uh, comes into play, PAC bio samples actually very well separated. So this in blue, we have PuckBio samples and here are Illumina lum- samples. So for me also important thing was um, to to see here was that I do not have any outliers out of any of these clusters because uh here for packed by I have, uh six uh six samples here and six samples here and for Illumina in each cluster I have five samples and they all uh, produce very tight clusters. So that means I don't have any outliers and I don't need to exclude any of the samples from, the, uh, from further, an- further analysis. So now I'm using all the samples um, uh, from RNA-seq output uh, to find differentially expressed genes uh, using this on this step. So, moving on to the expression analysis. So, the first, um, so there are actually two tools can be used in the workbench for differential expression analysis differential expression in two groups and differential expression for mRNA- RNAseq. And I'm going to use the later one, uh, the latter one, RNAseq. So the first thing I wanted to see is uh, how um, uh, how how different machines uh, detect uh, detect um, differences in expression. And here are two analysis, comparing seven and days seven and ten days after inoculation using PAGBio and using aluminum. And uh, each output output table from these two. Um, Uh, differential expression tests can be visualized also as a volcano plot, showing the change in the expression data for whole data set. And you can see that uh, these volcano plots uh, look pretty different. So um, what it basically says to me is that we can be, uh, we should be careful about drawing conclusions about expression data using just one machine um, and um, data. It, It would be yeah, it's reasonable to compare data from different technologies. And this is output from a separate experiment where I look for differentially expressed genes across all um, time points and all instruments. Um, I take all sorts of two samples, um, and uh, this is uh, for uh, transcript expression counts. Uh, and uh, so two st- four developmental stages two sequencing technologies and what I'm looking for in this table I'm selecting only the pathogen genes because each of the pathogen gene ID starts from JGI I don't know if you can see it here but uh you have to trust me the starting as uh, a starting uh, letters here jgi so from this big table of uh, i think eighty six uh, over eighty six thousand transcripts if I type just jgi a- i'm selecting only only the pathogen transcripts and if I enter hundred here for the full change in absolute volume i'm selecting only. Uh, the most differentially expressed uh, transcripts in the pathogen. And so there are over uh, 1,300 of such transcripts which are upregulated or downregulated in the pathogen. But of course, we should be careful when we're analyzing such complex samples. That some of the upregulation in the pathogens in the in the later samples uh, for the pathogen genes, they might be coming just simply from the material accumulation in the later developmental stages, and not necessarily from um, transcriptional upregulation. It's just the amount of pathogen material we are getting in ten days versus uh, versus seven days. And, as I select these genes in the table, they are simultaneously selected. If I have my volcano plot open, they are simultaneously selected here, and they can be they can be extracted. They actually also can be extracted right from the volcano plot if we want so and we can can create a new track, a uh, new track from this selection and then use this track to visualize uh, to visualize um, for example, to analyze the mappings to to see how uh, yeah, so how, how the reads mapped on these genes, or to use this particular, uh, different, particular track for the further uh, analysis, for example, as one of the tracks and Venn diagrams uh, later on, one of the tables of comparisons and Venn diagrams later on. So, but before I go to Venn diagrams, I would like to show the heat maps. Uh, and heat maps allow us to cluster the expression features. So in this particular uh, uh, heat map, I also use all 32 samples, and to, uh, and this tool uh, create a uh, map for RNA seq. Uh, it uses uh, the expression counts, could be G or TE expression counts. And optionally, it also uses the statistical files. And since I had a statistical file, I also used it. And the output is a heat map file. So basically, it clusters all the features and uses all the the selected metadata layers. Here, I'm using as my primary metadata layer a developmental stage. And my secondary metadata layer is instrument. As expected, um, the most dramatic uh, expression differences here found between um, data points 3 and 14. So the three days after inoculation um, is in cyan. So it is this column, three days, and it was done only only on a lumina machine. And 14 days is this bright green. So these two columns or these two... Um, clustered uh, sample groups, they uh, differ the most. Um, So, and here we also can see that Illumina files provided much better resolutions than PacBio files, which are here on the right. So the secondary layer labeled for PacBio here is labeled in black here. But still we can see quite a bit of um, differential expression in PacBio here here in this area on the top and in this area most of expression here on the bottom. So there is a there is a uh, quite a big of difference in expression we can use the pack biotechnology too. Okay now moving on to the Venn diagrams. So um So this tool creates Venn diagram tool for RNA-seq. Um It can use um, two or more, um, two or more uh, statistical comparison tracks. So what it does, it compares the overlap between these differentially expressed genes and transcripts. And um yeah, basically two or more tracks, but to visualize, you can visualize up only up to three tracks, uh, but you can you, a user can actually use uh, more than three tracks to compare and then simply select which tracks uh, in the menu here uh, you can select which tracks uh, you want to vis- or which overlaps you want to visualize um So uh, in this particular experiment, basically, I'm overlapping all this uh, comparison from all sorts of samples with um, uh, other statistical comparison tracks, which I I made earlier, 7 versus 10 days using aluminum, 7 versus 10 days using PagBiome. So at the intersection of these comparisons, uh, what we can see is that there are 803 genes which intersect between um, all sorts of, when we compared all sorts of two samples or compared just different instruments between seven and three days. So this 803 samples, 803 uh, genes I selected, and I also selected another four genes which overlap between um between illumina and PacBio bio comparisons from just these two data points so when i select these eight or seven genes they all these the same genes also selected in the table the venn diagram can be opened in the table and since the table is very large you can see here now only one gene selected but there are actually all eight or seven selected in this table And um, in the next step, I'm going to show how to extract these genes and how to extract, uh, how how to create a new tracks from these genes and how to visualize them um, in the mappings. So the 807 genes I selected in the Venn diagram now can be converted into tracks. So I can create a new track out of these genes. And as I select them, um, select them in this event diagram tables. I also can select them in the in my large table with um, uh, with statistical comparison, and I can create uh, can create the track of the, from this selection. And this is a simple button here: create track from selection, which I uh, kind of zoomed in here so everyone can see it. And this track is saved, and this track can be combined now with any other any other uh, tracks like mapping, annotation, genomic information and moving and now moving to the to the visualization of mappings and data navigation uh, so um, here in this um, This slide basically shows um, that um, shows how to combine all these tracks. So um, in order to inspect RNA-SEC mappings, I need to create um, a list of tracks. I need to put all these layers of information I want to see together um, into one track list. So here's my annotation, reference genome tracks. Here are my RNA stack mappings. I selected here, I showed you only four, but we, I actually should have like 32 of them, all of them I can uh, can be selected at the same time. I'm just dealing here with four, uh, which I'm going to use for the purposes of demonstration during this presentation is a researcher, is um uh, data analyst, I would select here all sort of all two tracks. And of course, my differential express tracks, so this is just one track I'm going to use for the demonstration purpose, but I can see multiple tracks from multiple comparisons, from multiple extractions, from the event diagrams. And all those tracks that can half in the same track list. And the tool is simple. Create track list under the track tools, and it will create, uh, and it creates this file. And I just named it ZIF expression track list. And that's how it looks like when it's uh, zoomed into a uh, particular, into a particular gene. So when you know what you're looking for, it's actually very easy. Um, very easy to find the genes of interest if they have some kind of a meaningful name or you know a particular ID. So in uh, this case, um, what I'm doing, I'm simply clicking on a uh, on my um, uh, differential express gene struct, eight or seven genes, and the same uh, track opens here as a table. If I know what I'm looking for, for example, for these genes, uh, I are ca11 gene but it could be any other gene that i'm filtering for this particular gene clicking on clicking on this row and i'm getting directly into this um into this area where this gene is annotated so everything looks fine and perfect in terms of mapping and we can see the expression counts uh, or number of reads number of reads for this particular gene here. It's actually very interesting that we have a much higher difference when we are looking into the difference in PacBio. So it's about 100 times difference for PacBio and about 10 times difference for Illumina here. But there is also something funky happening with PacBio here because uh, some reads kind of, all reads kind of stop, stop right here, stop right here at this particular area. Basically the coverage, um, in RNA seq is much more um, equal for uh, um, for this uh, for Illumina uh, Illumina libraries and something is happening here in the ten days uh, sem- ten days library sample uh, for PacBio. So this is kind of a uh, kind of um, um, uh, data I want to see because. Uh, yeah, basically counts come from here, and uh, counts uh, do not see what is happening in, exactly in the mapping. So, but this is one of the one of the good examples actually when uh, when everything um, maps um, as we expect. Uh, here, I want to show you example, and uh, dem- st- I'm starting basically to demonstrate why why it is important to see the mappings. So here one of the host genes with incomplete annotations, because many of you as well as myself, I say, I, we work very often with genes uh, which uh, have imperfect annotation. So here one of the one of such genes. So um, the mappings here extend far beyond far beyond the gene annotation here for the host gene. What it means is that some of these reads are actually not counted in the expression values. And here is an example of one of such genes for the pathogen. So basically, yeah, I, I hope everyone by now understands that to get to get into this particular, particular area, we just click, open this as a table, and then navigate through this table. So this is one of the pathogen genes I selected, and uh, it brings me directly to this gene in the in the list of tracks, and um, you can see that both uh, type of reads. This is a PacBio reads, uh, and these are Illumina reads. Um, in uh, 10 days after infection, so it's uh, really differentially expressed, uh, really differentially expressed genes. But on both ends, the reads extend far beyond, far beyond the gene annotation. It's not a big problem when reads actually touches the annotation. The read is counted here, but it becomes a real problem when, um, when there are no annotation for a particular gene. For example, um, here while just scrolling through the mapping, I can, w- scrolling through the yeah, mapping in, this, uh, in the list of track, I can easily identify areas which uh, do not have any annotation, but there are reads mapped. So these reads, uh, which are uh, shown uh, from, which, yeah, which we have here from both technologies, they are not counted anyhow in the expression analysis because there, are, there is no annotation at all for this particular area. Um, another way, actually, to detect uh, problems in the problems with annotation is to, uh, is to map the nova-assembled transcripts to the genome. Um, here I show another track. I added another track here in my list of tracks, which is uh, FACOPSERA transcripts and I mapped these transcripts, which I got from GeneBank, using this tool map long reads to reference. It's under the long support. So this tool basically treats all these transcripts, the Nova Assemble transcripts I imported as long reads and it maps them to the same reference. And you can see that these transcripts is in bright green and uh, short reds here. So these are transcripts. And you can see that they extend uh, much further and cover much more area in this region than actual annotations. So the gene annotation here in blue, so this small piece, this large piece, and these three small pieces, this is the only annotation existing in the Phocopcero genome but transcripts are covering much more and of course the reads also covering much more and so basically the most reads mapped here are not counted in the RNA RNA expression experiment simply because there is no annotation, um, annotation in the imported in the imported genomes okay so, uh, I imported these reads because the authors of the same paper where I'm using RNASeq also did the novo assembly of the pathogen reads uh, and they submitted them to GenBank so I could easily import them from there and, uh, and use them for this QC of the final of the, um, in the qC in this in this RNASeq analysis so how um, how to correct that, uh, how to correct this and how to get around this if we have to deal with not perfectly annotated genomes. We can use ab initio annotation before running rna seq analysis. And for this particular data set, I feel I should be using that. Um, to, to produce much, uh, better, much better comparisons, basically, between, uh, between different developmental stages. But this all was covered, actually, in my very first seminar, which I gave for this series. So you just go back and listen, listen to that talk. I just will show one slide here. The tool is available, uh, Abinitio tools are available under the transcript discovery. Uh, and the tools you need to use is large gap read mapping and transcript discovery. Here's just one example. Where a particular gene on the left was annotated, this is actually a completely different genome, alfalfa genome I was using on that presentation, was covered only in, uh, oh, sorry, was annotated only by Genomics Workbench and no annotation at all in the public data set. And here, Genomic Workbench extended tools, extended annotation for this particular gene on the right. So that's that's uh, that's basically it. It's a summary. It's a summary of the tools I, I covered today. We started um, uh, we started uh, from importing two genomes from different sources as well as 32 RNA seq sam- samples from short read archive. Um, then uh, I combined and showed you how to combine how to convert and combine these references and. Um, uh, we found, uh, by going through this path, we found differentially expressed genes, uh, identified annotation problems, and the reference data. And I covered several options for data analysis, visualization, uh, including graphical tools. And I showed you how to uh, navigate and select the data. And don't forget the ab initio tool uh, if, um, if, if needed. and. Um, the tools I covered today, they are part of uh, CLC Genomics Workbench, of course, and the same software package covers many other applications. I just uh, covered one part uh, one part of the toolbox, and uh, all the information can be found on the Kaigen website. And um, thank you so much for your attention, and if there are any questions, I will try to answer them.
0: Thank you, Marta, for walking us through um, that project and for all the information. So again, if you have any questions, please use the Ask Question panel on the left side of your screen. Um, and we will go ahead and do a QA and a in the time that we have left. So the first question that we have is, if I don't have transcripts, can I de novo assemble the pathogen reads into transcripts in Workbench? Yes,
1: certainly. Yeah, just use the nova de novo assembly option in the um, in the workbench. So go under the nova um, the nova I think de nova assembly uh, to, uh, folder and you will find the tool, the assembler tool and that's it's pretty easy and start straightforward, yes. You can do it.
0: Thank you. The next question is, is it necessary to combine the host and pathogen genomes into one reference for RNA-seq analysis?
1: No, you just will uh, have to do everything twice. You may also want to purify your pathogen reads. uh, Uh, before using the whole data sets. Actually, Genomics Workbench allows you to separate uh, these data sets if you have both references and do uh, this analysis separately, yes. Yeah, you you don't have to. You don't have to uh, combine them. Everything can be done separately. It Just will be, I think, a little bit uh, more work um, to analyze such data sets.
0: Okay, thank you. The next question that we have from the audience is: Do we need to use a finishing module for PacBio?
1: No. Uh, for no, there is a long read support. Uh, long read support um, already is there. So no, it's it's no. It's in a basic Genomics Workbench. You don't re, you don't need finishing module um, uh, to do, to run RNA seq using PacBio. It's-
0: Okay. Next is for ab initio annotation, what reads are required? Any.
1: Yeah. So you can use any reads for ab initio annotation, but of course you need to have expression reads. So it should be expression reads And um, as, m- as many samples as you can get would be the best Because um, the ab initio annotation based on the expression data So um, if you use, let's say if you work with plants And you use only leaf samples You will annotate only those genes which expressed in leaf samples So if you want to have a comprehensive uh, structural annotation, uh, you want to use as many plant tissues to produce RNA secrets as possible. And then use them to annotate genome. Okay.
0: Okay. Next is... Can I use a de novo assembled genome without any annotation for the RNA-seq analysis?
1: Yeah, you, you know, you, you will have to annotate it first. You will have to annotate it first using Ab tools uh, in the workbench. So that would be the way to go and uh, because you need to have some kind of expression tracks. Yeah, so start from uh, Ab initio tools and then go to RNA and use output tracks from that, uh, from that tool.
0: Okay. Okay, so that looks like um, we are coming to the end of our time and also the end of the questions that we've gotten in. Um, if you do have any additional questions, please feel free to send them in. You can also reach us by email. So I'll go ahead and wrap up. I'd like to thank our speaker today, Dr. Marta Matvienko, for joining us and for presenting. I'd also like to thank the audience for your attention and for your questions. So actually we got one more question in, so go ahead and get that one before I totally wrap things up. Question is, can I fuse the already annotated reference with the de novo annotated genome?
1: Yeah, of course you can use uh, uh, already annotated reference with, uh, can I fuse already annotated reference with the de novo annotated genome? Yeah, you can You can fuse uh, whatever just, just yeah, just think what you're exactly doing. So just make sure you're not duplicating the same genome twice. Yes, you can fuse it. You can fuse it very easily. Just make sure they're in the same file format. Um, uh, you can simply add if you don't need to fuse. Um, yeah, depends. So if it's just as the same sequence, you just can add additional annotation tracks. But there are tools actually in the genomics workbench which will combine your annotations too. If this is only about annotations, yes, you can combine annotations separately. If it's um, different genomes you are fusing, yes, you can fuse them as list, uh, as, uh, as a sequence list, uh, as a standalone file. Yeah. Yes, okay. <laughs> yes, for both. Yes, for both options.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you. So. I think now we're reaching the end of our questions. Um, if there's anything that we don't get to, we will follow up with you by email. Again, I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Matvienko as well as the audience for joining us today. Uh, we hope that you found this informative. Um, again, today's session was on RNA sequence analysis using PacBio and Illumina reads from a host pathogen interaction. So thank you again. And we look forward to seeing you in future webinars. So I hope you all have a good rest of your day.